We are Gold Ivy, a health company dedicated to simplifying health and wellness. The industry is lacking the honest experience and grit required to overcome the struggle, and we're here to fill that gap. You decide what works for your daily life and how to transform our lessons into your gold. Join us on the fearless pursuit of self-discovery and growth. This is Ivy Unleashed, a Gold Ivy production. Hey guys, welcome back. You are listening to Ivy Unleashed here with Brooke and Andrea. What up, what up? Hi. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I always have the awkward, hi. Oh, Ma. Yeah. So you said on our first ever episode. So I just want to apologize that I don't know how to enter the intro of this podcast without being awkward. There's no one right way to do it. (laughs) So thank you for continually tuning in to my high-pitched yells, low-pitched weird words I use. It's okay. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Uh, As you guys can tell, we're a little giddy. We have a very exciting and fun show lined up. Uh, You guys asked, and we are here to answer if you're watching on YouTube. Yes. I'm so excited. So we put out in the world, hey, ask us anything. And we loved what you guys gave for ideas. So we put them all in a hat. We Mm -hmm. don't know uh, what order they're going to come out, how many we're going to answer, but we're just going to grab them and go with it. See what happens. Well, episode 18, Andrew and I asked each other random questions that we didn't know what the other had planned. So we're going to do something similar, but take questions from you guys. So excited to see what you have for us and who is going to get the chance to hear their question on our episode. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I'd be honored. All right. Drum roll, please. Let me see if I can read your handwriting. Got, I don't even know how to write in cursive <laughs> like this woman. <laughs> All right. This is a good one. Oh, man. Macro counting versus intuitive eating. Ooh. What's your experience with them? Do you want me to start since you asked? Yeah. Okay. So intuitive eating and macro counting are two awesome ways to kind of dive into food. And that's mm-hmm. why we have episodes dedicated to them. We have one with Nellie Brow on intuitive eating, Kathleen Meehan on intuitive eating, and we're going to have a registered dietitian, Emily Field, on about macro Macro. counting. She is so gifted at breaking down what macro counting looks like, and it's both are really flexible approaches. So as a coach, I've seen success in both areas. And so this question might be our experience personally, Personally, I am an intuitive eating person. I think about what I want and I eat it. And I think about how it's going to make me feel. Lots of times dairy doesn't make me feel awesome. So if I'm like, hey, it's worth it. I'm going to be home in the afternoon. I want to have a bowl of cereal with some milk. I might have some stomach cramping or something. I'll eat it. But I typically think about how I want to feel if I want energy. I know salads agree really well with me. I have lots of energy. I make sure I have avocado on it. That makes me satisfied. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I would say I've never really put a term on what I do, but I try and think about what fuels me, what agrees with my digestive system. So I would probably put that in the category of intuitive eating. You know, both Nellie and Kathleen talked about intuitive eating, listening to your body, but ultimately not depriving yourself of any food, having everything on the table. And as much as I love that approach, uh, when it comes to counting macros, which I may feel different after we have Emily on, I'm super excited. But for me personally, that stresses me out, thinking about tracking everything, 
but for some people it works. Mm-hmm. For me, I think I'm more along the lines of intuitive eating, but I do restrict myself in the sense of trying to figure out what my body needs, which then is that me listening to myself? I don't know. So I feel like intuitive eating is broad, mm-hmm. but when it comes to restricting, they don't want to restrict, but I want to restrict. So it's kind of like my own approach right. of intuitive eating that I'm still figuring out. I think for both of us, it just comes down to what do we know that makes our body feel well? Like salads, I've learned, don't really agree with me. All the greens, mm-hmm. cruciferous veggies make me look nine months pregnant. Like these are things that as I'm really focusing and, and honing in on how am I feeling after I eat these, taking the time to really think about it and reflect, I'm noticing. And that's okay. It's my body. What works for us isn't necessarily going to work for you guys, but it's trying both and figuring out what is going to work best for me, like anything when it comes yeah. to health and wellness. And those aren't the only two answers, yes. you know, but those are two really popular ones that we talk about. So mm-hmm. I think people wanted us to dive into like, what exactly are they and what's your experience with them? So intuitive eating, I think if I were to put like a definition on it, I would say it's really creating awareness around food, how you feel about it, what you've thought were food rules, if they're true and why, and really creating that awareness around how you feel and exploring your relationship with food mm-hmm. and healing your relationship with food, yeah, which can look different for everybody. So that's why I feel like it's a really good approach because it's really flexible. And yeah. I think having a coach to talk you through that's really powerful. And then macro counting is also creating awareness. It can also be healing your relationship with food because a lot of people want answers on what's in my food, how many calories are in it, what does that do to my body? So macros are the macronutrients that our body needs, protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. And so Emily will walk through really easy ways to kind of track that and how to create awareness around what you're having. And I do think that knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to food, kind of just knowing like, I don't even know what I'm eating right now. Is this protein? Is this fat? Is this a mix? Is this carbs? And are carbs bad? And if you do follow Emily Field on Instagram, she provides awesome visuals for where things fall in like a diagram of protein versus fat versus carbs, how to incorporate more protein in your diet. A lot of people want to know those answers and she gives a ton of tips. And so if there's anything I could say, follow Kathleen mm-hmm. Meehan on Instagram, follow Emily Field, I mean, or um, Nellie Brow mm-hmm. too. They're all great. Yeah. And, and to counter that, right? Knowledge is power, but it's, I personally think applied knowledge is power. So you may know what's in your food. You may know how much to eat of what nutrient, but until you actually apply it and eat it, you don't really know how your body's going to react to it. So I like that sense of intuitive eating too. Yeah. So it's, it's both. And I think you can take anything too far yeah. too. You can get like obsessed with these things. And so I think just kind of that well-rounded, take a step back from food, mm-hmm. explore your relationship and even just trying new things to see like what I like to track. Nope. Yeah. Or, oh, this is actually really nice. Right. It's trying new things, explore, but also check yourself and and ask those hard questions of, is this helping me? Is this really doing what I want it to do? Or is this hurting me? Because it's kind of a tricky slope with food Mm -hmm. that we both know. Yeah. Next question. Mm -hmm. This looks like a long one. Oh, gosh. Ooh, this is a good one. Okay. How do you consistently stay motivated versus short spurts of energy and crashing? Coffee. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Short spurts um, is coffee. I would say going in with food, right? 
knowing, and it's been a process, but learning what's going to make me feel well eating wise. So throughout the day, I've learned that um, fasting works for me when I. So your motivation is tied to what you eat. Well, let me get there. Okay. I think my, my brain first goes to food because I know that when I eat, I get really fatigued. And that's something that I'm trying to figure out where, I mean, I'm sure people can really eat a bunch of sugar or you drink a bunch of coffee that has sugar in it and there's that sugar crash. So that's something that I'm conscious of throughout the day. But I also, what's more important than that is how I start my day off is sticking to a morning routine, getting an exercise. I know that if I work out in the morning, it's gonna give me an energy burst that's gonna last me throughout the day. I also have tools in my toolkit that when I feel like I am crashing through the day to keep me going, right? So it can be as simple as getting off social media. I know that that is a time and energy sucker. And coffee. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not so much to just have a quick hit, but it's, it's almost, almost like placebo. Like I know that if I'm having this pick me up, I'm like, okay, I know that I need to be productive because I just told myself I was going to be, it's keeping those promises that I make to myself right, throughout yeah. the day. How about you? I think motivation, you got to kind of backtrack. So I think if you want to sustain being motivated, people ask us this all the time, how mm-hmm. do you stay mo- motivated? And I think it starts from feeling good. You want to feel good and the way to feel good is to be aligned with your values and what does make me feel good. It's kind of like backtracking from there to listening to yourself. Like, what is it that I even need to align with? Mm-hmm. And also to even get to that point, it's taking time to listen to yourself. So listen to yourself, get aligned, figure out what makes you feel good so you can be motivated. And if you're not taking that quiet time Moms, I'm speaking to you especially, and dads. If you don't have that time to quiet the noise that when you're by yourself and you know this is a, what's going to make me feel good throughout the day. These are a few things I can do I know I need to do. Me, it's exercise, Bible app, lots of water, mm-hmm. sleep. Like if I do those things and I, I, I prioritize those things, it helps a lot with me staying motivated. But it really comes down to my, my 2020 where I quieted the noise and I literally got aligned with what do I want out of my life and what am I not doing now? Mm-hmm. What is it that I need to do? Whether it's for your longevity, people want to live longer for your legacy. What do you want to leave behind? What kind of messages do you want to spread to your children? And what example do you want to set? What's your why? Yeah. So we say to clients all the time. Yeah. And why. it could be so many different things. Mm-hmm. It can be, I want to be fit. If you want to be fit, then you got to be getting an exercise. But why do you want to be fit? What is that going to bring you? Right. And that goes back to the bigger things. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be around longer, right? Or I want to be capable of having confidence around mm-hmm. my kids. And I can't have confidence around my kids if I'm not doing a self-care routine of some kind, whether that's exercise or skin care or a girl's trip to rejuvenate and come back with energy. So I think when you think about staying motivated it, you got to go deep and you got to listen to what big picture things are important to me and how can I break that down into little things I can do in my day. Yeah. And I think about Monica, who we just had on about habits, right? Outsmarting motivation is what habits do you have in place that are going to keep you disciplined because you can't rely on motivation. Like neither of us are motivated every single minute of every single day, but we are very connected to why Mm -hmm. we have the social support of each other, which is huge. The accountability of like, 
all right, this, this woman has three kids and she's up at 4am. Like I better the hell be up at 4am. Like I have no excuse. And so to have that accountability to fall back on is huge. But like I said, we're also very connected to our why and we know what it feels like when we're not sticking to those habits, when we're not disciplined, we know how good it feels to be energized and to have these things. And when we feel good, what are we doing, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're getting eight hours of sleep, like you said. We're drinking our water. We're eating foods that make us feel well and being connected to that why. And so if you aren't feeling energized and you're feeling depleted, just like Andrea said, I would encourage you to take a minute, take a step back, and just think, what do I want out of life? What is important to me? And what's just one thing that I can start to think about to add into my day? Yeah. Because I'm hearing what you're saying, and it's what we talk about day in and day out, but it's overwhelming to think about these big picture things when you're like, okay, well, in the moment though, like really? So just start thinking about what's important to you and just what's one thing that you can make sure. Yeah, and I think too about listeners the vibe we got from our questions were that we are these really motivated people and that you are not. Your questions made us feel like we have this motivation, you do not. So I think the first step is start to identify as a person that is motivated. Tell yourself, Mm -hmm. even if you feel like it's a lie at first, I am a motivated person. I am absolutely motivated and I'm going to do things and have habits in my life that a motivated person would have. And also, everybody has bad days. Everybody has a day where you need to veg out or sleep in or you're crabby or something bad happened in your life or you're grieving or you're PMSing, whatever you have going on. And that that does not mean you are not a motivated person. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that you suck at being active or fit or a good planner or Mm -hmm. organized. Like, we have bad days all the time. Yeah. We take turns having bad days. I'm pretty sure it's like almost every other day where we're like, I'm struggling today, you know? And Mm -hmm. so we are not motivated 24 seven. We are not on overdrive 24 seven. You know, we do need days to just relax. Yes. And to recharge. Exactly what you're saying. It's giving yourself grace because you are human but also this type of person that you want to be, whether it's motivated, whether it's a morning person, an entrepreneur, a great mom, whatever it is, what habits do you need to put into your daily routine to embody that person and start thinking like that? Because ultimately, if you tell yourself you're not a motivated person, confirmation bias, your brain's going to believe that and it's going to put things in your life that are going to make you not motivated. Mm-hmm. So start thinking about what you do want and you're going to attract those things. Yes. And at first you're not going to believe it, but that's okay because our brain, it's different. It's new, but you have to tell your brain what to think and how to act. Yes. And I think a big part of staying motivated is who is in your circle? Mm-hmm. Who are you talking with? Are they motivated people? If they're not, let's limit our time a little bit and put people in your circle that are motivated. And if you're like, I don't know about that, then get insight from people that are motivated. Read the books, listen to the podcasts, get that insight because sometimes we just don't feel like we have it. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine. At any point that you feel that way, listen to Ivy Unleashed, listen to Ed Milet, let other people fuel you Mm -hmm. because sometimes we just don't have it and you can get energy from other people and give you ideas that you've never even thought of. 
you need to think of again. Energy is contagious. So exactly like you're saying who you surround yourself with. There's a reason that we are obsessed with personal development, that we listen to a bunch of podcasts that aren't our own. There's a reason that we read a bunch of books. It's because we need motivation just like you guys do. And we need the energy just like you guys do. Something silly that, that I've started doing. Uh, 2020, my affirmation was, yes, I can. Because I had some dark times, I was really struggling with fatigue, and I had to pump myself up. Just like you guys are asking, I was searching for the motivation. So the simple affirmation of yes, I can, the five second rule, count down to five and just move. And so I started like what Britt said in her episode about organization to write your to-do list the night before. Well, if you guys listen, our, our normal listeners to us, you'll know that words are power to us. Words have power. And so I changed my to-do list, writing out to-do list on top to yes, I can. And it's my yes, mm. I can list. And so at any time I look at what I have to do, the first thing I see is yes, I can. And it's something so simple. And to most, it's probably silly. Like I think Ian probably comes over and looks at this and is like, this is my girlfriend. Like she has a yes, I can list, but it works for me. Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters. I think that a lot of people think it's this magical thing that you have or you don't. And Anybody can get more motivated. And what it always comes down to is small little habits you can do in your day. But you have to know yourself. You have to know what fuels you. Mm -hmm. You have to tune out the noise. Turn off social media for a minute. Turn off the TV. Turn off Netflix. Even turn off the music. Sit in silence. It's uncomfortable. But just start journaling and writing down, like, what do I want out of life? What habits do I want to be incorporating to my day-to-day that I'm not now or I have in the past and I know it helps me? Just start there. Mm -hmm. And if it seems overwhelming, it's because it's too big. Start somewhere smaller. You want to work out, but you're not motivated and that sounds so overwhelming. Okay, well, what doesn't sound overwhelming? Is it simply stretching? Is it just going for a walk? There's nothing wrong with that. That's great for you, especially if it's outside. Unless it's right now where it's snowing in Minnesota. (laughs) In in April. April. (laughs) No, thank you. All right. Next question. Ooh, that was a really good one. Yeah. Ooh, on a lighter note, best girl trip recommendation. <sighs> oh, I want a girl trip. Oh, let's go. Where should we go? Well, I always want to go somewhere I haven't been because I want to explore new places. I'm going to go the best girl trip I might have ever had. I don't know. If there's so many good ones is Nashville. If you like good music, even if you don't like country, it's great music. These people have to try out to even perform, and they're not even getting paid. They're so good. They're even better than who's on the radio most of the time. You can casually wear clothes that's not a super dressy place. You want to dress up, you can. I mean, there's cowboys everywhere. It's funny you say that because my childhood best friend, Sarah, is having her bachelorette party in Nashville coming up, and... I, it hasn't even happened yet, but I know it's going to be the best one. And I'm going to crash. I've it. only <laughs> the only time I, I've just dr- driven through Nashville. We didn't really even stop on our way to Florida, and so I am so excited. I mean, you know, I love music, love to dance. I feel like I'm just going to be in my element. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. So we agree. It hasn't even happened for me yet, but Nashville. Yeah. Do you have a place that you'd you'd want to go on a girls' trip? Nashville. Yeah. I feel like I haven't experienced wine country, but I feel like that would be a really good one. I want to do that someday. I feel like that'd be dangerous. In a good way. In the best way, but yeah. Ready for the next question? Mm -hmm. All right. 
Ooh, this is a deep one. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Just kidding. You know I love deep questions. Biggest impacts the pandemic has had on you, positive and or negative? Oh, well, positive would be Gold Ivy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gave us the time to create this baby of ours. I would say negative that led me to a positive would be mental health and social isolation, which I know a lot of people feel and understand, especially for those who live alone. Uh, I'm an extrovert and living alone, that was was tough, but then also struggling with my health kind of led me down a dark path to being alone and not being around things that filled me up. But it gave me the opportunity to really realize how important it is to put these healthy habits into practice, how to get creative when it comes to figuring out ways to fill yourself up, right? So I couldn't work out because of an injury. And so I had to figure out, okay, what else can I do? All right, let's meditate. Let's do yoga. Let's FaceTime. Let's do some Zoom meetings. I think everyone got creative in that way. I always, you know, talked to people who struggled with mental health, but really learned it for myself. And I think that at the end of the day, it's made me a better human, a better coach. I now understand and have a deep appreciation for everyone in the field and just everyone who's struggling. I think you don't really know know it until you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine being that isolated. The opposite problem. <laughs> My kids were Well, that's the funny home. thing too. It's like, I feel bad, right? You're, it's the comparison game. And then you're on social media and it's like, oh, I wish I had this. And then the people who have what you want wish that they were you. It's like this never ending cycle of like, oh, I just want, I want, I want. Yeah. And that's why Sonia's episode on self-care episode mm-hmm. seven was so good because it was like, you get a good look at what is your world and how do I want to build an escape-free life where I don't feel like I have to think about somebody else's life and wish I had it. Yeah. You know, how can I make this a better scenario in what I'm in and and where I live? Yeah. I think it really got me thinking of like, holy shit, I have one life and this is how I'm spending my time. There's some things that I can't control that are absolute ass right now. (laughs) Like what? Just some things that I felt like were really out of my control and made me realize like, you can't be talking to yourself that way. Like you got to, you got to figure out how to control something else and how to get back to feeling like you because life is really short and there may be a global pandemic going on that is screwing things up, taking away your social life, but there are bigger things in this world that matter and you can figure out a way to be happy. I think too, with your social isolation, you only had one voice talking to you. You know, I had mine. That. Yeah. And you're, like you said, an extrovert. So if that's the only voice you're listening to, uh, you can see its power over you. Mm-hmm. And mine was the energy in my house. It was like, if one person was grumpy, it's like, uh-uh, hold on. You are yeah. ruining this vibe right now. I'm going to need you to go upstairs back in your bedroom and come back when you're ready to like not kill the vibe because all we have is each other right now and we've got to lift each other up. Yeah. And like we said earlier, energy is contagious. Mm-hmm. Like my own energy that I had, the more I was thinking negative and ruminating, the more negative it was. But just having that power to be like, nope, we're going to flip the switch. What brings me joy? What can I do? What can I watch? What can I read? These little things that I can grab onto. It definitely got me through that time with my household too, having the books and the podcasts mm-hmm. and things to turn to that were outside of my house that could give me motivation and energy and things like that. 
I definitely also got a huge appreciation for teachers. Mm-hmm. I love you, teachers. I already love teachers anyway, but this was, they had to step up in a way, and they still are with, have you ever, have you seen what teachers have to wear in the classroom right now? It's like multiple masks and face shield, and they like can't touch their kids. Most oh. of the time, they can't even take their kids to the cafeteria. So if it's like a crappy day outside, like a rainy day, they have to have their kids in the classroom all day long and don't get to leave the classroom unless a kid has to go to the bathroom. We feel for you. Yeah. We appreciate you. We are grateful for you. Yeah. The keep, thing that, keep being heroes. Yes. And I mean, the whole essential worker, mm-hmm. all, I mean, all kinds of jobs that we rely on. I think it really brought to light that, which was cool to see like who, who's still working right now mm-hmm. and what are they doing and how can we support them? Yeah. I think brought a lot of people together that probably wouldn't have thought of each other because we've been so busy running around. And then we went on an RV trip because we wanted to travel because that's who we are and what we do safely. And it was like one of the best trips of my life. And for my kids, it was so cool. And so that probably wouldn't have happened if COVID didn't happen. I think it showed us what's really important. Time together with the people we love, our health, these things that were in such a go, go, go world up until now that you are just easily, you easily forget about. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, next question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ooh, 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 this is one we get a lot. If you're trying to lose weight, how often should you weigh yourself? And are there more effective ways to measure progress? I love this question. Okay, so this is a big question. A lot of people asked it in a lot of different ways. I like that one because it's got a couple different mm-hmm, pieces mm-hmm. to it. So when it comes to the scale, everybody has a different relationship with it. Yep. I think it's important to think about your relationship with the scale. Number one, why are you even using it? Why is it in your house? Okay. Some people say, well, I just like to know. I want to know what the number is. Some people say, I want accountability. It gives me accountability or it tells me if what I'm doing is working. Okay. Well, I've been a health coach in the industry for over 10 years now. And what I can tell you is when people try and lose weight, which majority of this is how it starts, how it ends when any client of mine has been in a successful place with weight loss, it is never about weight loss. It never ends with people being satisfied with the scale ever because it becomes irrelevant mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. And the reason it becomes irrelevant is because it is not an accurate depiction of what you are doing, how you are feeling, even what your body composition is. It absolutely disappoints you and discourages you along the path. And so if you truly want to lose weight, that's great. That's fine. Go for it. I want you to be healthy. I want you to feel confident. I want you to feel good. And a lot of times it does need to go that direction. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with wanting to lose weight at all. You will lose weight. And the way you'll lose weight is by focusing on what do I want to be doing to feel good? And how can I do this in a way that I can maintain long-term? Sustainable. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the scale does the opposite. It discourages you. It makes you feel like crap. It does not reflect the work you are doing in real time. It does the opposite. Sometimes it takes a while to catch up to what you're doing. Also, 
If you decide that you want to start an exercise routine to go along with this weight loss journey, which you absolutely have to and need to, mm-hmm. what's going to happen is hopefully you're incorporating some strength training. When you incorporate strength training, you are burning fat. You are gaining muscle. Does the scale show you that? And no. guess what? Muscle weighs more than fat. And also, not only that, is sometimes the scale just won't move. It'll mm-hmm. stay at 185. You've worked out for two weeks, stays at 185. Do you think you're going to keep up that habit if you look at the scale and it tells you that it's not moving? You're going to think you're doing something wrong. And you're not. What you're doing is you're improving your blood pressure. You're reducing your stress Stress. level. You're getting endorphins that make you feel good. You're looking better. You're toner. All of these things are happening, but the scale is not showing it. I could literally talk about this for 45 minutes straight. (laughs) I just have one thing going through my head. For anyone listening who they're like, yeah, you're right. The scale, you know, has it really helped me? I would just challenge you uh, to ask yourself, how has it worked for me this far? Mm-hmm. Up to this point, how, how well is it working for me? And just think on yes. that. Just think on that question. Yes. How many times have you tried to lose weight and you're weighing yourself every day, multiple times a day, multiple days a week? How's that worked out for you so far? What, what does this number mean for you? Can I tell you what it means to a lot of people? Mm-hmm. It makes me really sad. They identify that number with their Mm self-worth and that's sad because it's probably a piece of shit piece of equipment that hasn't even been calibrated correctly. (laughs) Unless you're in a physician's office, your scale is probably a piece of shit. If you paid $200 for your scale, you should have invested it somewhere else. I'm telling you right now, your scale cannot tell you your body composition. I promise you. You need to be dunked underwater in this crazy egg-shaped thing to actually get a real <laughs> depiction of what your body composition but, is. And most of the time people, right, like they just want to look good and feel good. And what does this scale do? Neither. Mm-hmm. Neither. Right. So when you're trying to lose weight, I understand you want it to go down. Cool. Look at it at the beginning. Get your benchmark. Mm-hmm. Look at it. Cool. Take note of it. Woo, that's higher than I want it to be. Awesome. My advice is never weigh yourself more than once a week. And if you're like, oh, that feels like a lot, do it every other day. Do it twice a week. Get to once a week. And when you do weigh yourself, because some people are like, I just, I do want to see that it's working. I do want to see whatever. Okay, fine. I'm not going to convince you otherwise. Mm -hmm. It's your life. Live your life, please. But weigh yourself the same day of the week, the same time of day that you weighed yourself the last time, write it down if you want so that you have that benchmark because people are like, I'm going to forget what it was. I need to weigh myself again tomorrow. What was it yesterday? Write it down. And and you can track progress that way. Some people it's different. They're in body competitions. They're really trying to change their body composition. And so they do a bunch of testing, whatever. That's different. But I'm talking to the general population, Mm -hmm. people that sent in these messages, really think about What is the scale telling me? What has it done for me so Mm -hmm. far? What does that number indicate to my value in my life? And write down 54 things the scale brings to you that feels good. I promise you, you're not going to get to 54. There's not going to be, there's no way. I don't think you're even going to get to five. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. And so the scale can't tell you that you're gaining energy. It can't tell you your blood pressure is getting better. It can't tell you you're getting more endurance. You're feeling better in your clothes. You're more comfortable when you wake up. Mm -hmm. 
if you do want a better way to monitor progress because you're a numbers person and you, you really do need some type of measurement of progress, you can do tape measure around different parts of your body. Mm-hmm. Typically, you will see a difference when you are on this weight loss journey in inches more than you will see on the scale. And look at your clothes. Are they fitting better? Are your shorts not as tight as they were? Notice all of a sudden you've got a tricep popping out of your arm because you've been doing some push-ups. Your booty looks a little better. Yes. Think about how mm-hmm. you feel after a workout. Tune into that. Give yourself a number there. Like one to 10, how do mm-hmm. I feel at the end of my day that I fit in a kick-ass workout this morning? Great progress there. Put some words next to it. Instead of having a number, why don't you try words? I feel energized. I feel strong. I feel strong. I feel capable. I feel, you know, whatever it may be. And maybe it's a negative word that day and that's fine. Probably means you need some rest. Mm -hmm. But we also talk about sustainability. And when you're doing these things, these non-scale victories, you're talking to yourself in a way that is so much better and so much more appreciative and out of a place of love for what your body can do than when you look at this number mm-hmm. like it's it's something that holds so much weight no pun intended <laughs> but it's just a number right and it's not your fault it's society and the way that we all grew up and it's just it's always been a thing mm-hmm. but what's important is tuning into how do I feel asking yourself these bigger questions of where do I hold my worth? What does this really give me? What do I want out of life? Like, do I want to feel good? Well, then why do I keep putting my worth in the scale? Mm-hmm. And it's a hard question, but it's where you got to start. Right. I think one thing people can't get over too is something they've done in the past that they've given up or they've shifted or a diet they've tried or a workout regimen they've tried and they monitored their weight then mm-hmm. and then they monitor it now and that same workout or same practice doesn't give them the same results. Also, another reason not to look at the scale. Why are you trying that again? Did you feel good when you were doing it before? Because if you didn't, don't do it again. Mm -hmm. And if you did, then let's talk about that. Isn't that important? You know, and bodies shift, bodies change. I think number one, you need to get real with, okay, I can't lose weight the way I used to before, but you probably have way less muscle on your body than you had before. Because as we age, we lose our muscle mass. Mm -hmm. So naturally, of course you can't lose weight that way because you don't have the same muscle on your body that you used to have. And the more muscle that's on your body throughout the day, it improves how many calories you naturally Mm -hmm. burn resting. Resting, yeah. Yes. And so your metabolism is dropping because you're not incorporating strength training. Yeah. And not only that, but also what's your stress level? Like what's your sleep? Like you're older, you're probably not getting as good of sleep. You might have kiddos running around. Your stress level is a little higher. All these things that we don't really think about when it comes to losing weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not one thing you do that affects that. So many things are different and change. Another thing I think listeners may be thinking is, well, look at you too. You don't have a weight problem. So who are you to weigh in on this? I'll tell you one thing. I weigh more right now than I've ever weighed not pregnant. And I feel stronger and better than I've ever felt. So there's that. Also, I've coached thousands of people that all come to this conclusion that you got to ditch the scale mm-hmm. eventually. Get there however you want. But when you tune into your self-worth, you're going to be way more active, sleep more, less stressed, eat better. It's all interconnected. Just tune into how do I want to feel, get aligned with those values 
take the time to figure out what you want that to look like. And your numbers will drop. Mm-hmm. Or not. They'll be like mine. They go up a little bit. And it's fine because I'm confident about what I'm doing because I feel amazing. Last thing I want to say about the scale. If you are losing weight just to lose weight, you are going to be disappointed the majority of your days. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. More ready. Okay. Ooh, I like this one. If you could read one to three books and recommend to others this year, what would they be? Mm. That's hard to pick. That's really, really hard to pick. Do you know yours off the top of your head? Um, the first one that comes to mind is Untamed by Glennon Doyle because mm. I read it in the midst of COVID and quarantine. And it's all about getting back to who you are and not letting anyone else's opinions matter is kind of the gist. And as I'm isolated by myself, scrolling in social media, I'm like lost, lost touch of my inner badass. So that one was really good. Glennon Doyle, she will teach you to give less Fs about what other people think. If you struggle with caring about what other people think, or not knowing how to tune into your truth, mm-hmm. Glennon Doyle's your girl. Yeah, I'd say that. I'd say big magic mm. too. Having this idea of gold ivy, right, and, and doing something that was crazy to us, and reading this book that was like, no, 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 no. The way that you are portraying a message is different than anyone else because you're different than anyone else. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking of like, why do I matter? What do I have to give? doubting it, Mm -hmm. wondering how you could do it different than people are already doing it. Elizabeth Gilbert, big magic is your girl. Yeah. And then I know the one that you're going to say that I'm going to say too. Difficult gifts. Yes. Difficult gifts by Courtney Burnett. Who is coming here this weekend to record? Yes. She, I don't even want to get into totally into her story, but this book brings in like those divine lessons that these thought leaders throughout the world have like the Dalai Lama. Yes. And and mm -hmm. she just explains her story, weaving in these lessons that we all, by the time we are done with our life, hope to learn Mm -hmm. and incorporate into our day to day. And she just does such a beautiful job of making you laugh, making you cry. You're on like a roller coaster with what's going to happen in her story and lessons along the way that I just, that book, I can't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. It's probably the best book I've ever read. Mm-hmm. The The gist of it is finding joy in the suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how you can't have one without the other. Yep. So stay tuned because yeah. you're going to want to We have it. like the same books. <laughs> the only other one I would say like for sure, I feel like everybody should read is Daring Greatly by Brene oh, Brown. Yeah. Like just such a powerful writer in a way that we can all relate to and really owning that we all have shitty parts of our personalities and thoughts that come through our mind and just normalizes them and talks about how don't be a spectator criticizing others, get down and dirty into the Mm -hmm. arena and fight for the life that you want, regardless of what other people are going to say. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put all these books on our blog too, because they are just must reads and oh, so good. Yes. Ooh, if you could eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, I know this one. I would eat this lasagna I had in Rome, Italy. 
I was pregnant with Cora. It was, I can still taste it. My mouth is like watering right now. But in America, I would eat my sister-in-law and neighbor, Alicia's lasagna with a big old salad and a big old glass of red wine. How about you? (laughs) The complete opposite. Chicken fingers and fries. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that or Mexican. Maybe some tacos, chips and salsa. I just... It's like I have no limit when it comes to chips and salsa. And okay. It's kind of a Herbert thing, too. I feel like we all really like chips and salsa. Yeah. Some guac in there, maybe? Oh, no. No? Just salsa. What? I'm hungry. You got any salsa in the fridge? <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Time for one more question? Yeah. Okay. What's it going to be? Last one. I hope it's good. All right. When you're in a group setting and someone says something triggering, how do you divert? Mmm. Ooh, well, first of all, triggering meaning she's probably she or he is probably saying makes you feel like brings up maybe trauma from mm-hmm. your past or really gives you a big emotional reaction when someone's talking about something that you don't want to feel. Yes, the way you're feeling. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. It's hard because it depends what it is, yes. right? Are you just like oh, I don't want to talk about and this. who it is that's yeah. saying it, or are you like I need to excuse myself? I think based on the how big it is for you, the impact go-to would probably be changing the subject. Or if it's in a big group setting, kind of excusing myself to talk to someone else. Yeah. I think again, it depends on what it is. If it's something triggering enough to kind of leave and take a phone call. Let's talk about if it's a big one. I think let's just assume this is a big subject because why else would this person bring it up? Right. I would say, and this is my way, you go for that head on. Right. So if something is that triggering to you, to someone that is a good friend or family member that is a part of your life, mm-hmm. you've got to address this because it's not going to go away. Chances are if they bring it up in a group setting, they're going to bring it up again in a yeah. group setting. I also think, though, that some people aren't as direct <laughs> as you. That's true. And so my approach may be to pull that person aside or even, you know, shoot them a message after like, hey, and to just kind of put it on you right? You don't want to make them feel upset or that they did something wrong, but just saying, hey, you know, this is something I'm really working through and it would really mean a lot to me if we didn't talk about this. And just being honest with it because no one can, no one knows or can assume how you're really feeling, right? They may know it's a touchy subject, but until you vocalize just how much of a touchy subject it is, Mm -hmm. you can't assume that people know how you're feeling. Right. And it's nothing against you. They're not doing it maliciously, hopefully. And so I would just say being honest and vulnerable, which is hard, but if you want to be around them and you want to feel good, just say something because chances are that's really all they need to hear to and they Check might be themselves. shocked. They might be yeah. shocked that it, it triggers you so much. So I think that's a really good point of privately talking mm-hmm. to them. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to embarrass them in the whole group unless if it's so bad or like for me, if my kids are around and something yeah. was said that's Or like, if there's a way you can mm-hmm. diffuse it without making anyone embarrassed. Like, hey, let's change the subject. Like, we don't need to be talking about that kind of thing. Or my therapist has said before, you just say, I don't really want to talk about that right now. Mm-hmm. No explanation. You don't need to say why. I don't really want to talk about that right now. And if the group is talking about it, you can remove yourself. Or if the group is your closest people, you feel comfortable enough saying Mm -hmm. it to say, you know, when this topic gets brought up, I get really uncomfortable. 
maybe down the line I'll be willing to talk about this, but I'm not right now. Yeah. I think it comes down to, too, like your confidence in yourself. Something, that, you know, that I've noticed, too, with me personally is it's hard to vocalize what you need when you don't know or mm-hmm. you're not comfortable in saying what you need because you haven't done the hard work to show that it matters. Mm-hmm. And that the people around you will care and should care. And if they don't, well, maybe we need to think about the people we're surrounding ourselves with. Yeah, maybe you have a difference of opinion, too. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's politics this person's talking about or something that's like, whoa, big. Yeah. I think you can make rules in your own home. So if it's mm-hmm. your home, I think you say, you know what? Like, I've made this rule before. Today, we're not going to talk about COVID. It's not positive, and I need to talk about something else that day. I've made that rule yeah, in my home. Put it on you. Yeah, put it on you. Put it on you. I think that's powerful what you said, where turn it back on you, because it is your issue. It's yeah. triggering you. Yeah. And whether it's out of line or not, like that's your opinion. Mm-hmm. And so you do need to put it back on you and say, this is a topic, one, I either don't want to talk about, or two, I'm working through, or three, I completely disagree with you, and it's a big problem. We need to talk about it. Yeah. Or four... Maybe that person shouldn't be in your life or around you less, or you need to create boundaries around that topic where I love you. I want to hang out with you. I don't want to talk about this. So I'm going to remove myself. It's my issue. If it's in my home, please don't talk about it. Amen. (laughs) Boundaries, which are hard. And if they're hard for you, get a therapist. There's a great book called Boundaries Mm -hmm. by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. And the reason why it's great is sometimes we think if we're creating boundaries that we're less caring or we're not agreeing with people and it makes us feel like we're doing something bad or we're not, you know, if you're a religious person, you're not Christ-like or it's not godly to create boundaries with people. And this book explains actually with Bible verses why it's healthy to create boundaries Mm -hmm. and how you can truly show up authentically if you've created boundaries that let you thrive in different environments. So it's more like if you love someone and you want to be around them, how to do that and how to not feel guilty about it. Cause yeah. that's really hard. You know, I like to look at boundaries as protecting my energy. And if my energy isn't protected, I can't show up authentically. And it's as simple as that. Do you want the best version of me? Well then protect my energy. Let me protect my energy. Cause it's my job at the end of the day. Yeah. Great questions, everyone. Wow, this, this is, is awesome. Fun. Yeah. Some fun ones, some deep ones, some ones that we're passionate about. Sorry if I got a little too aggressive in there. <laughs> Don't be sorry. Uh, as you guys can see, we love questions. Mm-hmm. So keep them coming. And if there's anything else you guys want to know, you know how to reach us at Gold Ivy Health Co. on all social channels. And... Stay tuned. We got some really, really good episodes coming up. I think you guys are going to love. I don't think. I know. Yes. There's some good ones. Agreed. All right. We're going to leave you, as always, with our piece of gold. This week's piece of gold comes from no other than the woman herself, Michelle Obama. She says, focus more on learning than on succeeding. Instead of pretending that you understand something when you don't, just raise your hand and ask a question. This is Gold Ivy signing off. Listen to your truth and go chase your gold.